You know that one disagreement you had a while back that still haunts you to this day? That one you're still hanging on to and you haven't been able to quite let go of? Today on the Master Your Marriage podcast, we're going to talk about resentment and we're going to give you three steps to help you overcome it. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. The other day I woke up and I was I was in a funk. Ever had one of those days? You were in a mood. When everything seems to be not going right, you wake up not feeling good, and then everything is filtered through the lens of just your crappy mood. I swear, I slept wrong. My neck hurt. It's probably just because I'm over 50, but I was grumpy all morning. And I mean, nothing was going right. My car keys were in the wrong place in my truck. Oh, dear. My left shoe was just pissing me off nonstop. It was like, like everything was just so just frustrating. And it seemed like the littlest thing would set me off and, and I'd have this unwarranted reaction. But then I thought, maybe it's not all everybody these little, else? everybody else. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe sometime, somehow I'm creating. It sort of reminds me of that thing you used to say, if everyone around you is starting to be a butthead, maybe it's you that's the butthead. Right, that was definitely you the other day. That was me the other day, yeah. oh man. So, you know one thing that gets me a little bit cranky? Oh yeah, I know. Clutter. Glitter. Clutter. So much so that I just want to tuck it away somewhere, anywhere where I don't have to look at it, even if it's not the best place. And I think most people have something like that, right? They have a junk drawer or maybe they have a junk closet or maybe it's an entire room or an attic or a basement. Basement. Some place where they can just tuck away all the projects and bills that they don't want to worry about today. Yes. And we moved into our current house five years ago. We moved from California where none of the houses have a basement to Utah where every home comes with this extra basement, which is an extra thousand or two thousand or more square feet of just bonus space. Junk storage unless Junk you do storage. something with it. Um, and we have this 500 square foot storage room that is beneath our garage. It's a concrete room. It doesn't have any windows. It's pretty chilly in there, but it's awesome perfect for all the things that i don't want to see absolutely every time i walk down there i'm tripping over something if you can even open the door right well you can open it but it started out pretty organized it did yeah the christmas bins were back in the back on the back shelf it was beautiful they were all red and green the kids toys were down the middle aisle the camping gear were those were in black bins over on the left that might be my fault the camping gear all the food storage right over on the right but then Slowly and surely, we started filling up all the extra spaces, or at least I did, right? Our mo- our daughter moved out, and she had all these things she didn't want. But I thought, well, what if she wants them someday? Let's just shove them into the basement, put them into the storage room. Let's give them away. And then there was the unused decorations or the old coats or the old blankets. I don't know. You know, all the things that you don't know what to do with, just shove them in. The snow, shove them in. The snow gear. Shove them in the just basement. Put it in the basement. Yep. Just pile it up. And slowly these piles of, I don't want to deal with this right now, just started to mound into this heap of regret. Why didn't I just deal with these little inconveniences in the moment rather than letting them pile up into what now feels like an insurmountable problem? 
So what about our relationship clutter? What we all want in our relationships is to feel this deep connectedness. And last week we talked about intimacy or our level of closeness between two people. What we found is the biggest barrier to intimacy is resentment. We even took a poll on social media Mm -hmm. and asked our audience what their biggest block was for creating intimacy. And the number one thing that they mentioned was resentment. Resentment. There you have it. And resentment is this multi-layered emotion, and it can consist of many other emotions like anger, disappointment, hurt, and sometimes even disgust. And disgust. It results from letting unresolved negative emotions pile up over time. Resentments build up because we bottle up things. We bottle up our hurts. We put them down in the basement to deal with them another day, but then we don't. So when we're in resentment, we actually withhold intimacy from each other. We find more faults, which causes more conflict, and then it leads to more emotional disconnection. And the worst part is it doesn't solve anything. It doesn't make anything better. Resentment doesn't change the other person. It doesn't change the problem. It only changes you and hardens you. Sort of like it's one of the one of my favorite quotes by Nelson Mandela, which I love. He says resentment is like taking poison and then hoping that the other person will die. Right. You just sort of let it just eats you up inside. And I've always said that about when you're mad at somebody, they don't care. They sleep just fine. You're the only one losing sleep over the deal. So resentment only hurts the person who partakes of it. So we've got a story for you. Sarah and Dave decided to get married because, you know, they loved each other. They were in love. Yep. So once the honeymoon phase started to wear off, Dave felt like he was always the one to have to initiate sex. He wanted Sarah to be more physically intimate. And Sarah, for her side, was feeling like she was carrying most of the household responsibilities. She felt underappreciated for her efforts. She wanted Dave to give her more praise. And Dave, when Dave brought up his need for more physical intimacy... He felt rejected by Sarah. He was hurt and felt ignored. Sarah, for her part, didn't express her feelings very much, and she kept them bottled up inside. Ooh, that sounds like a recipe. Mm, Disaster. Yeah. So anger, hurt, and disappointment started to stack up to the point that every bowl left in the sink, every pair of underwear left on the bathroom floor, all added to the anger that they were both feeling. They stopped communicating in a positive way. They stopped trying to compromise about their issues because, you know, every time they tried to talk about stuff, it just led to defensiveness and someone storming out of their room. So every negative emotion just piled on top of this mountain of resentment between them. And they just felt like it was just too overwhelming to be able to solve. So this started to spill over into the rest of their lives. Sarah was actually having trouble sleeping and felt like she was she was actually getting physically sick more often than usual. Dave, for his part, he couldn't focus at work and he wasn't as productive. So his boss actually had a conversation with him because he was missing deadlines and told him he needed to up his performance. And both of their friends were sick and tired of hearing them whine about it the to same problems same over, problems and, over, over and over all they could see in each other were their negative qualities they couldn't even see the good things that they had originally fallen in love with yeah john gottman calls this negative sentiment override yep where the only thing you can see is is the negative thing so what happened to sarah and dave well don't you think there would have been a better way to handle these little conflicts in their relationship how could they have prevented these resentments from piling up Well, I have a philosophy that I use both in work and 
and I try to do it in our relationships, that small conversations are better than big conversations. I mean, who wants to have a big conversation? Mm -hmm. Honey, we need to talk. It's, that's a really frightening phrase. So if we can say, hey, like, I know that you didn't know that the thing that you just did bothered me or whatever, if you can just say that in the moment, it's a whole lot easier than, than saying, you know what, I can't believe it. you never respect me. And then I'm pulling off stuff off the pile, right? This oh, and by the way, this other thing. And, and this, oh, other this other thing, thing and this other thing. Yeah. And so we start, we start hurling all of these old resentments that we're letting build up because we've not managed them. So how do we do that? Well, there's three steps to overcoming resentment. So we're going to go through those with you now. Okay. So think of a resentment that you might be personally having right now. This could be with your spouse or it could be with a friend, a family member, or with a coworker. Have you got one? I've got one. Okay. Oh, I'm going to share one. And this is one that I processed a long time ago, but I'm going to share just to illustrate how to do this. You guys have one that hopefully you are working on today. So 15 years or so ago, Robert and I um, knew someone who was doing a startup business and it was kind of in the tech industry and it seemed a little bit above my zone of genius. So I let Robert have the conversations with him about this startup business and I didn't really get involved in it, but Robert was really excited. Oh, this was going to be big. It was going to be big. We're yeah, gonna it was really going to be big. Yeah, it was going to be awesome. And and so I kind of took a back seat, which was my first mistake, and didn't really get involved in the conversations. And Robert said, I think we should do this. And I was like, I don't know, but, you know, I let him lead out and let's go ahead and invest in it. And so it was going to be a $20,000 minimum investment. And I went to the bank to take out a cashier's check. And while I was at the teller, I remember getting this gut sinking feeling like, don't do this. My, my gut feeling was this was not a good idea. But I hadn't been involved in the process and I did not speak up and I didn't say anything to him. And I just said, all right, whatever, we're just going to do it. Robert feels like it's a good idea. We're going to do it. So I got the cashier's check and that was the last we saw of it, that money. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Yeah. And it did not work out well for us. It hasn't worked out. And for a while, I was pretty resentful about that and the fact that we lost that. So the first step is what? If we're going to work on this resentment with me today, what would be the first step? So step one, how am I creating this resentment? There is a lot of value to emotional awareness. And in particular, there is a lot of value to paying attention to our negative emotions. Our negative emotions can serve a purpose. They are like a guide, like GPS to help us reflect and improve our own lives. They are a guide about what we personally need and what we don't need. If we pay attention to our negative emotions, particularly resentment, it's trying to teach us something that might require us to admit to ourselves that something needs to change. Jordan Peterson said, consult your resentment. It's revelatory. What an amazing suggestion. I love that suggestion. And if you pay attention to your resentment and you ask what there is for you to learn in it, you'll probably discover an answer. And I'm guessing it's probably going to be one of two answers, either one you're being emotionally immature and you need to grow up. Mm -hmm. Perhaps this is a constant need to be right or a constant need to win. Maybe you're being intolerant of your spouse's beliefs and ideas because your way is the only way. Or number two, you aren't speaking up and expressing your needs and wants. Perhaps you're being oppressed in some way or your feelings and needs aren't being considered. Sometimes our partner isn't even aware that that's what's going on because we're not speaking up. 
For example, let's say you're out in public, maybe you're with some friends and you feel like your spouse either disrespected you or embarrassed you in front of your friends and you're angry about it, but you don't say anything. So you just add it to that pile of junk that's in the basement. Instead of avoiding that conversation, you could have said, you know what? Hey, honey, I was embarrassed tonight and I was kind of hurt by that thing that you said. And I, I, I don't know if you meant it that way. You probably didn't. And it's very possible I'm just being hypersensitive here. But I really need to feel respected by you, especially when we're out with our friends. And I think when you're really connecting with your spouse and looking for the good, then it's easier to have these small conversations. As I said before, people really don't like to have big conversations. It's much better to address that at the moment. Instead of letting it pile up, you can just put it in the drawer and be mad about it. Or I could say, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry, that came off a little harsh or a little sharp. And, and um, I apologize for that. That's not what I meant to have happen in that conversation. And then you're done. It doesn't have to be a big thing. So if you're feeling resentful, you need to figure out why and how you have played a role in creating that problem. So a good question I like to ask is, do I need to grow up or do I need to speak up? Ooh, those are tough questions to ask. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out which one of these or what is causing your resentment because it's not good to live with this resentment. People often live with resentment for a very long time and make no mistake, it does hurt you. It is a very stressful emotion. Being in resentment and anger can cause damage to the physical body because it puts us in this stressed state, which is very similar to chronically being in fight or flight. And the body pays a heavy toll for that, our ability to sleep, focus, make clear decisions, all become impaired. Yeah. So back to the example that I shared. So earlier I talked about my resentment over losing the $20,000. If I were to ask myself back then, how am I creating this? I could have answered in one of two ways. I could have immediately thought back with, I didn't create this problem. It was his fault. It was his idea. And I could deflect back. And, and certainly that feels a little bit better in the moment. It's certainly easier in the moment. But blaming doesn't give us any power to actually take away our resentment. So I could ask, how am I creating this? Am I being emotionally immature? Am I not speaking up? And the truth is, actually, in this case, it was both. I was being emotionally immature by not getting involved in the decision-making process. And I wasn't speaking up when I did have a gut feeling that we shouldn't do it. Yeah, I sort of wish that you would have. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty. So this is the first step. Look at your resentments and ask, how am I creating this? And then step two, one of my favorite questions that Charlotte likes to ask, what do I want instead? What do I want instead? Well, what do you want instead? We have to get really clear about that. You're probably thinking something like, I want less conflict. I want more closeness. I want more intimacy. I want more sex. I want a best friend. I want trust. I want commitment. I want someone who loves me and cares for me. I want genuine peace in my relationship. These are all possibilities, at least some of the things that I want. And you need to think this through for yourself. You need to think about what it is that you want instead of resentment. And as you look at the resentment that you are holding and the negative emotions and feelings that you're holding onto that go with that resentment, and then you look beside it and you look at this list of what you want instead. And what do you notice? What do you see about that list? I, I think what you'll notice is that everything you want, 
everything you want, the peace, the intimacy, and all of those things, it's right on the other side of resentment once you're able to let that resentment go. So step two is what do you want instead? I like that. It's the opposite of Mm -hmm. what is holding you back. Mm -hmm. Ah, Cool. What do you want instead? All right. Step three, focus on what you want. This means focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want. If you want peace and you want closeness, you want intimacy, then we need to focus on that rather than nursing this grudge or the resentment. This means we have to change those old stress-maintaining thoughts that are creating this resentment. All right. So where are we at? You've taken responsibility and you've looked at what's causing the resentment and you've taken accountability for your part. So then we get to step three, and now we're changing our focus. And the way to change those stress-maintaining thoughts is to shift our focus to gratitude. Oh, I love this. Gratitude helps us to remember our spouse's good qualities. Gratitude, more than any other emotion, has the ability to amplify our good thoughts, our good memories, and to weaken the bad ones. Gratitude dissolves resentment. Gratitude dissolves resentment. That's just such a good quote. Kind of reminds me of some story you had about your carpet cleaning. Yeah. So here's the thing. So, you know, oftentimes in offices, if you're laying out furniture or even here in the studio where we're laying out lights and cameras, like we'll put tape on the floor. And here's the thing with certain types of tape, but generally the tape that we use, if you leave it there for more than 24 hours, you leave a sticky tape on a carpeted surface for more than 24 hours, just in my experience, when you pull the tape up, if it's been there for a while, you may notice the carpet's a bit tacky, but you pull it up and the tape looks like it's never even been there. But as the carpet gets vacuumed, just walk on it, that, that little bit of stickiness that's been left on the carpet, that little bit of adhesive mm-hmm. actually just attaches itself to the dirt that's in the room, that's on your feet. And if you let that go long enough, Next thing you know, you have a black line there Ew. where your nice little blue line tape or white tape used to be. And that's this buildup and pile up of all of this yuck Gross. that could have been eliminated if you really, if you just tore the tape off early, if you picked up and solved that issue within the first 24 hours when it comes to tape on carpet. Now you've got a bigger problem and you've got to, you know, you got to get mm-hmm. the carpet cleaner out and, yep. and they got to come clean up that whole pile of crap that's left behind. And just as that sticky area on the carpet was a magnet for dirt, when we are focused on our resentments, we are a magnet for more negative emotions. Oh, sort of like my negative emotions when we first started talking about it. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bad Mood. Exactly. Yeah. Every little thing can put us into a state of anger or rage. Oh, yeah. The dirty socks on the floor. So mad about that. Leaving the lights on. How could you do such a thing? The dirty dishes in the sink, all the little things can create this unwarranted and unreasonable reaction. But the opposite is also true. When we focus on our gratitude, we build fondness, we build admiration. We see more of our spouse's positive qualities. The good memories and the good thoughts become amplified. And the dirty socks, they're hardly noticeable. Don't even see it. And this is why with our coaching clients, we have them meet together at least once a week to clear out resentments. State of the union. Yep. And as part of this meeting that they have, they have to share at least five gratitudes or appreciations with one another. And they also have to deal with any resentments that may have crept in during the week. 
We also have a seven-week gratitude program where each day couples are prompted with specific questions that helps them develop more fondness and admiration in their relationships. And we're going to talk more about that and specifically talk about gratitude on our next episode. In fact, we're going to spend the entire episode next week diving deeper into the magic of gratitude and show you how to cultivate this into your relationship, even when you don't really want to because you're a little mad. We're going to give you some tools and specific interventions that are going to help you to be able to do this. So let's backtrack a little bit and then wrap up this episode. What resentments are you hiding in your basement? How are those resentments piling up? And how are these resentments coloring your relationship with you and your spouse? Maybe it's time for a little spring cleaning. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself these questions. One, how am I creating this resentment? Do I need to grow up or do I need to speak up? Mm. Good question. Number two, what do I want instead? Mm -hmm. Do I want more intimacy? Do I want more peace? What do I want instead? And then number three, focus on what you want by focusing on gratitude. Oh, that was so good. So just as a reminder, this is the last week to jump into our eight-week coaching program where you'll have direct access to work with us, get that spark back, feel deeply connected and deeply intimate with your spouse. We're going to help you with communication, conflict management, and aligning a vision for your relationship. The link to enroll is now in the show notes. Thanks for listening today. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.